You're listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. Amen. Yeah, I, as I was sitting over there, I went to just cross my legs. I was like, oh, nope, not going to do that this morning. Um, it is, I'm, I'm feeling every, every year this morning, um, and uh, I think I had at least three um, near-death experiences um, when we were playing football, and some of those guys rushing at me, but uh, it, was, it was awesome. Did anybody else think, as I was watching that video, did anybody else think Stan was totally taking a selfie with a selfie stick? Anybody else? Never mind. Okay, that was just me. No, that was, that was him. Okay, one person. Yeah, all right. No, that was him, that was him handing off the golden hatchet to Ben, uh, our, our manliest man of Anthem Church. So um, not that it wouldn't have been bad if Stan has a selfie stick, but I just don't see that happening. Anyway, well, I digress. We are, we are looking this morning in, uh, in Jonah, um, and we're in Jonah chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. And if you don't have a Bible, I would, I would strongly encourage you. We have Bibles we would love to put into people's hands who don't have a Bible. So um, if you don't have a Bible at home, make sure you grab one of those at Info Central, just right in the, in the middle there. And if you're new here, we, we have some, some information that we would love to get to you that talks about a little bit about who we are as Anthem Church. So make sure you stop by there. And there's, there's a free bag of coffee, too, just kind of uh, incentivize that. Not for you, Jeremy. You are a regular. So just for, for new people. Um, so we're in Jonah chapter 2, and that's what we do here at Anthem Church is we walk through books of the Bible together. And we come to places, as we do that, we come to places where it's like, okay, what do we do with this? Right? What, do, what do we do with what's happening here? What do we do with, with what's going on here? And, and it's kind of that way as I was going through this passage um, the, the past couple weeks as I was looking through this and, and just um, studying it out. What we see this morning is we see Jonah praying to God, but we see him doing it from the belly of a, of a great fish or a whale or whatever, whatever it was. We see, him, we see him praying to God and we see God... We see God giving Jonah kind of an object lesson. We see God uh, training Jonah, giving him this, this lesson that's to prepare him for the mission that God, is, that God has him on, right? And as I was going through this, I got to thinking about all the different things, all the different uh, ideas that I have about God that, that at times I think need to be tested. They need to be pushed uh, against. They need to, like, we, we have these kind of ideas, these thoughts about who God should be and how God should act and, and, and maybe even who gets justice and who doesn't and who needs to be judged and, and who maybe doesn't need to be judged. And, and we, we have these, these ideas in our head, and I think it's especially true in our culture today. And in a culture where it seems as though um, in, in social media and, and uh, just in reality, we, we are a culture of, of segmented groups, right? We, we, have, we have people who, who, who would say, well, I'm, I'm part of the left, or I'm part of the right, or I'm part of the liberal, or I'm part of the conservative, or I'm, or I'm part of, of this group or that group. And, and lots of times what we do, if, if you're anything like me, right, just to, to be honest and transparent, if you're anything like me, lots of times we like to put people in groups. We like to put people in groups because it helps us know, like, okay, how do I engage with you, right? I hate the Myers-Briggs. Like, I'll just, can I just confess that to you? Like, I hate the Myers-Briggs. Like, people are like, oh, well, what type are you? I'm like, I don't know. There's four letters, I think, four, I-N-T-J, 
Or that, isn't that a jaw disease or something like that? Like there's, there, there's some, and yet people, people will be like, oh, you're an INFP, aren't you? It's like, I don't, I don't know. But what they're doing, and I think why I don't like it, is it's because it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. I don't like it. You're, you're trying to, to, to stamp something on me, right? You're trying to put me in a box so that when I talk to you, it's like, oh, well, I would see why you would say that because you're an INPF. Elemental P, right? I, I can see why you would say that. And what we do with these segmented groups is we try and stamp people so that we can say, okay, now I know how to deal with you now, right? Because you're in this group. Oh, I know how to deal with you because I know what my group looks like and you're not in it, so I'm, I'm going to hold you at an arm's length. And, and lots of times what we see is, is I can be super judgmental when it comes to people outside of my group, especially when it comes to people who, who, would, like, who would use religion to oppress, right? I, I, see, I see people, and I can be super judgmental towards people who would, who would, in the name of Jesus, perpetuate hate. And I know that that's a, that's a really loaded thing to say, but I see, I see you know, like, like, we all have these kind of, like, straw men. And I see people like the, like the Westboro Baptist people. And if you don't know them, they're like the people who picket soldiers' funerals in the name of Jesus. And, and I, like, I, I, I hesitate to even, if I know people think, like, oh, a Christian is that. It's like, oh, don't put me in that camp. Don't stamp that label on me. Don't try and put me in that box so that you can just, just you know, not listen to anything else I have to say because of these people over there. And see, I see those people, and, and I have a hard time thinking about God giving grace to those people, those people outside of my group. I have a hard time, like, if I'm honest, um, last week we looked at Jonah chapter 1, and Stan talked about how the people, if you, if you haven't read Jonah chapter 1, if you weren't here last week, go online, listen to, listen to the message. Stan did a good job of just unpacking the book and where we're going. And, and what Jonah was called to is he's called to people like, like ISIS, pretty much. People who, who killed indiscriminately, people, the Bible says, who didn't know the right hand from their left hand. They didn't know what was good and what was bad, and so they would do things like they would fillet people alive, and, and, and it was, they would kill Jonah's people. And God says, hey, Jonah, I want you to go to those people. And Jonah, God says, get up, rise up, and go to the Ninevites. And Jonah rose up and went to the opposite end of the world. He says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. And if I'm, if I'm honest, as, as Stan was talking about that last week, I felt that within myself. It's like, I don't know if I, if I like the idea of, of ISIS receiving the grace of God. And yet what we see throughout the book of Jonah is God is using this book to challenge how we think about God, who, who we think should get justice, who we think God should love. And this morning, as we look at Jonah in the belly of this fish, I believe that we need to learn the same lesson that Jonah needed to learn. If we are to be the people that God has called us to be, if we are to be the salt and light to this world around us, if we are to be agents of change, if we're to be ambassadors for Christ, we need to learn the same lesson. And that lesson is this, okay? That God saves, and he saves rebellious people. 
God saves, and he saves rebellious people. The book of Jonah is God just showcasing his mercy. And so what I want to do, I, I just want to pray over us. I know Stan just prayed, but I do want to pray over us as we, as we dig into this. God, I, I praise you, and I thank you for, for the book of Jonah. I praise you for what you reveal to us. And God, I pray that you would help us to learn the same lesson that Jonah is learning um, through this experience. God, help us to see you more clearly. Help us to love you uh, more, uh, more this morning than when we came in. And it's in your, in your name. Amen. All right, so, so what we see here, again, is Jonah is learning a lesson, and we see it through this, this prayer that he prays. And in Jonah chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. Now, let's, let's I just want to stop there, okay? Because I think lots of times we, we have vegetalized, that's not a word, but we've, we've, we've done this like we've... I don't know, we've, we've taken the punch out of the Bible, and, and we read things like this, and it's like, oh yeah, Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish. That makes sense, right? It's like, no, it doesn't, actually, right? And yet we, we forget because we're so familiarized with it, and it, like we see these, the cartoons where, I love Veggie Tales, okay? But we see the cartoons where they're like, the angels appear in the, in the whale, and they have this really cool, catchy, like, dance number, and it's like, that probably didn't happen. Because if you read the beginning, or the end of chapter 1, it says, um, verse 17, chapter 1, And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, any other book, any, any other place, it's like, well, end of the story, right? In Jonah chapter 1, we see Jonah running from God, rebelling from God. God says, Jonah, I want you to go here. And Jonah says, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go here. So he boards a ship. God sends a storm. And if that's not bad enough, right, Jonah's asleep in it. They wake him up, and, and they're like, pray to God. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that, right? And, and then they're like, what's happening? And he's like, well, I'm a, I'm a Hebrew. I serve the God who makes all this happen. Right? And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I mean, crazy, right? Yeah, I know. And so, so then, then he's like, if you want this to stop, just throw me overboard. And they try and row back. And again, Stan went over this. But they, eventually they're like, God, forgive us. And they throw him in. I, I, I've been, like Stan talked about this last week, I've been on a cruise ship in the middle of the night when there's no land in sight. And it is an eerie feeling, right? And to, to fall overboard in that, I, uh, it just makes me like, right? And, but, but then you add a storm to it, and here he gets thrown in in the waves and all these different things, and, and he begins to sink, and it's like, oh, game over, right? But if that wasn't bad enough, okay, if that wasn't bad enough, it says the Lord appointed. He appointed the storm to come, and then he appointed a fish. It, I mean, like, if you were reading this, it's like, oh, God hates Jonah, not only does he want him to drown, but just to put the final straw in it, he makes a fish come and eat him. You know, it's like, it's like if, you, if you see a bug and you're like, oh, I hate spiders, right? So you see a spider and it's like, boom, that does it, right? Done, end of story. But if you're anything like me, it's like, no, I, 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 I just can't. Like if that spider is alive still and so you just grind it in just to make sure, you know, and then you look at it, nope, not dead enough, Right? And we see Jonah going down, and the fish swallows him, and it's like, done, game over. And yet, the first verse of chapter 2 is, then Jonah, it's like, wait, what? Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. 
He's in here, and, and what we see is the belly of the fish is the salvation of Jonah. God doesn't hate Jonah. God is showing Jonah this lesson. He's saying, Jonah, I save rebellious people. I save rebellious people like you, Jonah. And in the belly of the fish, Jonah is saved. And, and I love it where, uh, I mean, there's, there's structure. This is a, this is a, this is a psalm that Jonah constructs while he's, we don't know, you know, lots of people are like, well, it could have been this kind of fish, it could have been that kind of fish. It was a fish, I don't know, it, was, it might have been a whale. It doesn't matter, even if it was a whale, I doubt there was much room in there. And, and a lot of people, they have a hard time with this, and they're like, no, that couldn't have happened, right? Jonah has to be this, this story, I mean, it's this other, like, we serve, a, we serve a God who died and rose again. Right? He couldn't, he couldn't keep Jonah alive in the belly of a fish? Like, that's the part that you have a hard time with? That, that God created the heavens and the earth and seven, and this is the heart. Okay, you see, this is a miracle. No matter how hard, no, no matter what you want to look at it, this is a miracle that God did to showcase his mercy to Jonah. And the problem was, as we see there, like it says that he prayed to the Lord his God. The word Lord there, it's, it, when you see that all caps, Lord, it's Yahweh. It's, it's the, the proper name of God. And we see it all throughout this, this chapter. We see it all throughout the book. See, Jonah doesn't have a problem with, with God being his authority. Jonah, the, the idea of Yahweh, it's, it's this like, God, you are God. Like, you are, you are high above. You are all these things. And see, Jonah, he doesn't have a, it says, the Lord, his God. It's his God. See, Jonah doesn't have a problem with, with God's authority. Jonah didn't have a, have a problem with, with the goodness of God. Jonah didn't misunderstand the saving nature of God. Jonah didn't, he, he didn't, he just doesn't have a problem with the authority of God. What he has a problem with, as we'll see, is what God wanted to do with all those things. Because Jonah didn't have a problem with it when it, when it related to his people. Jonah didn't have a problem with it when it related to his group, but when it got outside of that, that's where Jonah has an issue. See, it was the Lord his God, but Jonah, the mindset of Jonah was, if you're my God, then you should work according to the way I want you to work. You should do the things I want you to do. And if you step outside of that, I don't know if I want to follow you anymore, and I think that can be the same mindset that we have. Right? It, yes, the, Lord, it's, the Lord's my God as, as long as he does according to my will. And we see, though, in the belly of the fish, in the, in the silence, in the solitude, among the intestines and the stomach juices and all those other things, like in the, in the crampness of the fish, it's almost like God puts Jonah in time out. Right? Can, like, think about this. Like, in, in chapter 1, we see Jonah's asleep in, in the ship. I don't know how he was sleeping. Maybe that's another miracle. I don't know. But, but have you ever been woken up by somebody who realizes they slept in? Have you ever done that? I do that to my kids every now and then. I'll, I'll just confess, as a parent, sometimes we sleep through our alarms. Any parents out there that's like, amen, brother. Like, I feel you. Nobody. Okay, never mind. I'm just a bad father. 
right? But there are some times where I'll, I'll, I'll wake up and it's like, oh man, I feel more rested than I should be. <gasps> oh no, right? And then I jump out of bed and I take the kids and I'm like, kids, we got to get up. And they're like, five more minutes. No, no, not five more minutes. We got to go now. We're, you know, and it's like, I think that was that. And, and then my kids are like, oh, what's happening, right? I think that's probably Jonah's case when he gets woken up and, and it says the, the sailors are like, get up, pray to the Lord your God. Maybe he'll save us, right? And Jonah's like, what, mom? Like, what, where am I? And, and it, it was this like chaotic thing until he gets thrown in and then it's like game over. And, but then this fish and it's almost like God is providing him a quiet space. Yeah, can you imagine as he, as he thinks, I'm dead. But then he's not. And I think at times it takes those quiet spaces for us to really realize what's happening, right? To really realize who God is. And in verse 2, it says, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. In this quiet place, as he's, as he's processing not being dead, as he's, as he's thinking on the fact that he is a rebellious person and God has saved him, right? He's, he begins to write this psalm, he, not write, but, but conduct this psalm in his head. This prayer, this beautiful, this beautiful parent prayer. And he says, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried. And uh, what I want you to understand is that belly of Sheol, it's, it's this idea of, of the, the land of the dead. He's in the belly of a fish, but he's saying, at least I'm saved from the belly of death. He's not, he's not referencing the three days and three nights that he's been in the fish. Do you understand that? I think some people have a hard time understanding what, what's he talking about there. He's, he's in the belly of the fish. God hasn't saved him yet. Is this post? Is this pre? Is, it, like, is this something that is added later? No. Jonah is thinking about what he just got saved from. That he was sinking deep and, 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 and we see, this, we see this throughout, the, the fact that even in the hell that he has created by his own actions, by his own rebellion, right? He's saying, he was saying, I was in the belly of Sheol, the, the land of the dead. I was, I was in the midst of that. There was no way out. Even in that, he says, I ca- called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. You see, God wants to save, and he wants to save rebellious people. And we see that in places like Acts 2.21 where it says, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, even in the midst of his own hell, there's this idea, there's this, there's this reality that, that even now God saves. Even now, and he goes on in two, um, 3 through 4, it says, For you cast me into the deep. Into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. I love what Jonah is doing here. He's, he's, he's basically confessing his sin. He's saying, all right, let, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves who is in charge of all this. God sent the storm. And, and even in the fact that we saw in chapter 1, who, who, threw, who threw Jonah Jonah overboard. Who threw him over? This is not a theoretical question, right? If you know the story, right? Who threw him overboard? Sailors, right? He told the sailors, he's like, just throw me over. You see, the sailors threw him over, and yet now he's saying, but it was you, God. It was, it was your hand. 
It was your hand that, that stopped me. It was your hand that put me here. It was your hand that, that uh, drove me deeper and deeper. You see, he's, he's saying, let's not kid ourselves who is actually in charge, who I have sinned against, and it's you, God. And I think lots of times what we do in our own sin, we can, we can make excuses for why we are where we are. Right? Have you ever done that before? Have you ever gotten a ticket and you're mad at the, the police officer who gave you the ticket? Speeding ticket? It's like, well, were you speeding? Yeah, but that's a speed trap. I mean, yeah, I was speeding, but I shouldn't have cameras there. It's like, the reality is you broke the law, right? Like, the, we, we want to, like, we justify, right? Lots of times, like, I live with people, right? And we, we've got guys in our basement. We've lived with people for I don't know how long now. And there's times where it's like, man, I'm really hungry, so I'm going to eat their food. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but I'm hungry. <laughs> it doesn't happen to the guys that I live with now. They're here, so, right? Guys, your food is safe. But, but there are times where it's like you justify, it's like I don't want them to eat my food, but, but I'm hungry. What am I going to do, right? You justify the sin. You justify what you're doing because of everything else. And what Jonah's doing here is he's saying, no, it's you I've sinned against. He's coming to this place, this reality, this realization where he says, God, it's, you are the authority. Against you alone have I sinned. In Psalm 51, 4, David says this as he, as he sinned against Bathsheba and, and the, the prophet it comes to him and confronts him. In Psalm 51, 4, he says, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. See, David he sinned against Uriah the Hittite. He took Uriah's wife, and then he killed Uriah for it. And, and he sinned against a lot of people, but in the end, he says, it's, a, it's against you, God, that I've sinned. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's not try and justify what we've done. Let's come clean with it. Because when we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins. Amen? See, when we say, God, I am rebellious, and it's not because of anybody else's fault. It's because I chose my own way over your way. We see when we come to that place, there's forgiveness from sin. Jonah, Jonah continues, and it's, it's because of his sin that he's driven away from God. And the, the reality is that uh, Isaiah, we're going to reference it here in a little bit, but it says, we all like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. Right? The, the reality is, is that when we, when we decide, well, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to go here, what we're doing is we are putting ourselves outside of, of where God desires for us to be, and that is a really dangerous, bad place. He says, I've, I'm driven away from your sight, and to be out of the sight of God is to be out of his will, to be out of his saving grace. And we need to come to a place where we say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. God is not, I think I've said this before, God is not the mischievous grandpa who says, don't eat that candy, and then winks as you do. The Bible actually says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Right? That, that sin that we have in our lives, it is breaking relationship with God. And in the midst of that, Jonah says in verse 4, Yet shall I again look upon your holy temple. 
See, the reality is, is, is that God is going to convict of sin. God is going to discipline his children. God is going to, to bring that, that conviction to you if you are walking out of step with his spirit. If you have sin in your life, unconfessed sin, guys, this morning what I'm telling you is turn to God. Confess that sin because what we see in this prayer is Jonah says, in the midst of my hell that I created by my own rebellion, yet shall I again look upon your holy temple. This, this idea of saying, I'm going I'm to turn my face to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to repent. I'm going to come back to you. I want, I want to be back in relationship with you. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to, God, I want to serve you and you alone. In the midst of the, the, the belly of this fish, he cries out to God. See, and that is awesome hope for you who are still in the belly of your sin and your rebellion, right? That we can, we can turn our faces to God and God doesn't say, yeah, you did this before, right? Yeah, I, I know this story. I know this song and dance, right? You've, you've confessed this before. You've, you've done this before, and then you just go back to it. I love the fact that it says that God hears Jonah's cry. God hears Jonah in the midst of all of this. And in verses 5 through 7, Jonah continues. He, he continues to reference where he's at and what's happening, uh, what he was saved from. It says, the waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bar closed up upon me forever. He's, he's talking about he's sinking deeper. And, and this is, again, this is before fish, right? BF, I admit. I just made that up. It's pretty clever, right? But this is before the fish, and he's saying, I'm sinking down. And he's talking about seaweed wrapping around his head. Have you ever been swimming out in the ocean and, and, or just a lake and, like, your feet touch seaweed? That's, like, right? Yeah. Can you? Right? It's like, oh, right? And, and he's saying it was wrapped all up over me, right? Like, like this, this, what we see here is there's no coming back from this. There's no way out. He, it says that he's at the roots of the mountain. It says the, the land whose bars closed up upon me forever. He's talking about the land of the dead with bars. He's like, I'm, I'm toast. Yet, yet you brought up my life from the pit, the pit, the grave. You brought my life up from the grave. Oh, Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Jonah is sinking into this place where it looks like there is no return from, and yet God provided salvation. In the midst of his rebellion, as he turns to God, God provides salvation in, in a form that it looks like it's going to be death. It looks like it's over for Jonah. And yet God provides in the midst of that. Amen? God provides in Isaiah 53. This is what I was talking about earlier. 53, 4 through 6. I have it up on the screen. It says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. See, in a way that looked like death, 
As we talked a couple weeks ago on Easter morning, in a way that, that Jesus comes and all the disciples are like, oh, he's going to restore everything. He's going to make things great for us. And then he dies. Can you imagine the, the turmoil? Can you imagine the, just that experience where it's like the one that all your hope is in, that he's going to kick out your oppressors, and then he gets nailed to a cross by the oppressors who are oppressing you that he should have kicked out. He gets nailed to a cross. He gets shamed openly, stripped bare. He gets a spear shoved in his side, and it looks like things are just over. And yet three days later, Yet three days later, as they are cowering and hiding in this inner room, hoping that they're not going to be the next ones to be crucified, Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you, right? See, in a way that looked like death, God provides life. For each and every one of us, in a way that looks like death, it, it, at the last possible second, it seems, as, as our lives are fainting away, as we can't breathe anymore, what we see is God provides salvation, in a form, maybe, maybe it doesn't look like what we thought it should look like. Maybe, maybe God isn't doing exactly what you think he should do. Maybe he's wanting to show grace and mercy to, to people that aren't your people, right? But in the last possible minute, he's saying, I save rebellious people like you. You see, if you are still in that place where you're, 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 the weeds are wrapped around you, life is just chaotic, you, you know that there's sin in your life, what, what I want you to hear is in the form of death, Jesus took on your death to give us life, to give us salvation, to give us a relationship back to God. Turn to him. Look to him. Right? He, he goes on to say in verse 8, those who, who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. He's saying, look, I, and I think this is a reference to himself here too. It, it could be referencing the sailors on the ship. They're praying to all these other gods and the storm didn't quiet for them. I, I think he's referencing himself where he's saying, I pay regard to vain idols, my, my own people, my own ethnocentric mentality, my own mindset of what, what you should do. That's where my hope was in. This, this idea of those who pay regard, it's this, uh, this idea of like the, the pay regard part. It's like if you were to, to plant a, like a hedge and, and like thorns and put barbed wire around like the thing that you regard. Right? It's like, it's like you, can, you can address a lot of things. You can challenge me with a lot of things, but not this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect this thing. It's like Stan with the football yesterday. It's like, Nope, you're not, you know, like he does a little swim move. And it's like, you can't get this, right? Like it's, for me, I, a joke with some of the guys, it's like me and Chili, right? Like don't, don't, don't do that, right? I don't care if you are hungry. Don't justify by eating my Chili, right? It's this, it's this idea of where for some of us, it's uh, like a friend of mine who up in Iowa, I was talking to him one time, and his, his kids were, uh, two of them are, are kind of on track to go overseas and, and be workers in unreached people groups. And he's just this farmer from Iowa. And he is angry at God for what God is doing to his family. And I asked him, I said, yeah, but if God called you to go, like if, if God wanted you to do anything, would you do it? Yeah, I'd do it. Okay, but what if God wanted you to go? No, I wouldn't do that because he wouldn't ask me to do that. <laughs> right? Do you, do you see that? It's this idea he's paying regard to this, his own comfort. 
His own, his own plans, his own, what he wants to do, his people, his group. He's saying, don't touch this. Don't touch this sin in my life. You can, you can do anything else, just don't touch this. I pay regard to this. And what Jonah says is, when we pay regard, when we protect anything that's not God, we, we forsake the hope of steadfast love that we have in him. I, I love the, the verse, uh, Psalm uh, 20, 6 through 8. It says, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his, of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stay upright. What is it that you protect? For me, as we go through health stuff and, and just doctors and, and these different things, there are times where, where I protect like this, this idea of our family should be healthy. I'm doing everything that I should do, God, but you're not answering. I'm doing what I should do. I'm keeping my, my, my end of the bargain, yet where are you? See, that's, that's like my thoughts about what God should do. Those are the things that I'm regarding. Those are the things that I'm identifying myself with, and yet my hope is not in my plans or what I think should happen. My hope is in the Lord and his steadfast love, amen? The, the fact that, that no matter what comes, he is my Lord and my God, and I am his servant. I am his ambassador. He tells me where to go. And there are so many times where I do not do this correctly, and yet in the midst of that, in the midst of my rebellion, what God continues to teach me is that, Luke, God saves rebellious people. Turn your face to me. Confess those sins. Don't pay regard to those things, those identities. Let me have it all. And in that is steadfast love, right? He, he goes on and he begins to, to close it out in verse 9. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. See, the proper response to the grace of God as we as rebellious people are saved by a loving God, the response to that, the proper response to that is worship. The proper response to that, and, and as, as Jonah is in the belly of this fish, as he's, I'm just imagining, like, I'm claustrophobic. So, like, like I used to, uh, my, my sisters and my cousins, they used to stuff me in sleeping bags, right, and tie the top of it. Anybody? Younger siblings? No, just me. Traumatic. Okay, Tucker, you've had that happen, right? Yeah, and then sometimes they'd, like, shove me down the stairs. I've got some scars, mostly internal, but, you know, like... They're, like, I'm imagining, like, Jonah in the belly of the fish, like, me stuffed in the sleeping bag, like, oh, God, right? But in the midst of that, and I just, as I was reading that, it's like, what is he sacrificing? Like, is it, like, I don't think it was the cavern where it's like, oh, here's a fish that's partially digested, Lord, right? No, it's not that. I think what he's saying is, I'm sacrificing me. It's like in Romans 12, right? He says, therefore, give your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship. I think what Jonah is doing, he's, say, he's saying, God, I give myself to you. I want you, not my plans. I want you, God, okay, I, I, he's, he's proclaiming the thing that he didn't want to accept in the first place. The, the fact that, that God wants to save rebellious people. He's saying, okay, fine. Because I know that I'm rebellious and yet you've saved me. 
And so therefore, I will sacrifice to you, God. I want to give myself to you. And, and this, it, it just kind of culminates as he, as he ends this section. It's almost like in the, in the belly of the fish, he cries out. And the culmination of all of this is he says, for salvation, salvation belongs to the Lord. He says, what I have vowed, I will pay. And, and what he vows and what he's paying is the proclamation of the truth that he's experiencing. It's crying out. I, you see this in Psalm 116, verses 17 through 19. It says, I think I have it up on the screen. Um, maybe. Yes, there it is. Uh, it says, I will offer to you, this is David, King David. He says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Saying, I've experienced salvation, and so I'm going to pay it back with a shout of thanksgiving, with proclaiming, see, the, the proper response to God's people, to, to rebellious people being saved by a holy God is is worship, but it's proclamation of what we've experienced. And Jonah in the belly of the, he's saying, all right, I will, I will proclaim it, that salvation is yours. That it's not just for my group. That I can't just stamp somebody and say, I'm just going to put you over here because you don't get it. He's saying salvation is yours, and so you do what you want with it. Right? And, and, and we see in the midst of this that we as God's people, if we don't understand this truth, if we don't learn this lesson, we will not be who God wants us to be, which is people who are rebellious people saved by a loving God through the death and life and resurrection of Jesus Christ who then go out rejoicing, proclaiming what they've experienced. Do you see that? Saying, get this, the fact that you are rebellious. The fact that you have sinned, the fact that you deserve death just like Jonah, and yet just like Jonah, there is salvation for our sins. You see, this, this story, this culmination, it's, it's set up, there's four chapters, okay? We have two more weeks in Jonah, and this is set up for, for us to see this beautiful thing because right after this, it says that the, the fish, God appointed the fish to vomit Jonah up on dry land, right? And, and it's like, it's funny because it's... <laughs> Couldn't Jonah have just walked out, right? But the Lord spoke to the fish, and I, I don't know. I just find that funny, right? I, I think the word of the Lord is funny at times. The, spoke, the Lord spoke to He's like, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and puke him out, right? <laughs> right? And the fish is like, okay, right? And then he comes out. And, and the story, this book is set up for, for Jonah, who is, a, who is a rebellious person, who, who was as good as dead, who was sinking deep in his sin, and yet in the midst of his sin, he turned to the Lord and God saved him through the belly of a fish. We see this is set up beautifully for that person who has experienced that type of grace and that type of mercy who rebelled and shouldn't have experienced it. But it's set up beautifully for that type of person to go to that type of people and say, you are rebellious. And guess what? I was too. And yet God saves rebellious people. It's beautifully set up for that to be the end of the story. And yet we know Maybe if you don't, you need to come back next week. But we know that's not how it plays out. That's not how it played out for Jonah. But guys, Anthem Church, that's how it can play out for us. Amen? That's how it can play out for us as people who are rebellious, as people who have experienced the grace of Jesus, as people who, who have experienced these things. We, we are called to go out 
worshiping and proclaiming. So let me, let me ask you, okay, two questions. Have you experienced that? Have you, have you accepted the fact that in your rebellion, God wants to save you and bring you to himself? Have you, have you experienced that? If not, turn to him. Right, repent. Repent means just turn away from your sin and turn to God and receive that steadfast love that is offered. And if, if you have, are you proclaiming that? Does your, does your life look like that? Or, is it, or are you in this place that Jonah was and said, no, I, I, like, I like God's salvation for my people, for my group. I don't know about those people, though. See, I believe the call of God on people who have been saved from the rebellion, he says, go. Proclaim that. Proclaim that in your jobs. Proclaim that in your classes. Proclaim that to your roommates. Proclaim that to those people that you wouldn't normally talk to. Go out, worship, proclaim. Amen? And when we do that, we show people this lesson that Jonah has learned is learning that God saves he saves rebellious people and there is hope in that amen I want to I want to pray for us the band's going to come up and what we're going to do now how we how we respond here at Anthem Church is we we respond with communion and as I as I'm talking about the reality of this hope that we have what communion is, it's, it's God when, when right before his, his death on the cross, Jesus told his disciples, he said, all right, come together. They had this meal, right? And, and he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat. And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to go around the room. There's four stations. There's gluten-free in this corner and the back corner if you need that. But what we're going to do is we're going to take bread and we're going to break off a piece and we're going to dip it in the cup. And when Jesus was eating with his disciples, he said, take and drink. And he gave them, gave them wine and he said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that bread and you're going to dip it in the cup. And as you take that, as if you have sin that you need to confess, confess it. If you, if you are a person who, you've experienced the grace and mercy of Jesus. You've experienced the forgiveness and yet you like it for just your group. If that's you, confess that. Repent of that. Because that is also sin. Repent of that. And, and let's go out from this place. Let's take communion rejoicing for the fact that Jesus died for us in our rebellion. And he also died for those other people out there. Let's take this in remembrance of that, recommitting ourselves, saying, God, I want to be about your mission. I want to be about what you want. So God, send me. So they're going to play. I'm going to pray for us. And whenever you're ready, whenever you're in a place where you're ready to take it, go ahead and go to one of these stations, and then we're going to come back together. We're going to stay standing, and we're just going to close out. I think we have like three worship songs, so we can just worship God for what he's done, for what he's provided for us. Amen. Let's, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the grace and mercy that you have showed to me. God, I praise you for the fact that, that even in my rebellion, you saved me.
God, I praise you that as I was sinking deeper and deeper and deeper in my sin and my rebellion, you rescued me through, through a thing that it looked like death and yet it brought life. And God, I pray that as we take communion, that we would be a church that's full of people who've experienced that grace and mercy and we are people who want to worship and proclaim that to the world around us. Praise you, God. We thank you for your mercy and it's in your name. Amen.